Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Yeah, the guy Suarez running for president, Republican mayor out of uh, Miami, I want to say. He is out. All it took was a hurricane and not making the debate stage and nobody knowing who he was and not being able to raise money and um, not polling very well. That's all it took. And he was out. That's it before it even began. So, oh, well. A reminder, if you get this program or any other podcast, for that matter, uh, if you get it on the Stitcher app, the Stitcher app is going away as of today. As of today, the 29th of August, Stitcher shall be no more. It got bought up by Sirius XM. And uh, no, I'm, I'm being serious. It's true. Remember when XM used to be separate? And then I think Sirius bought them. And then, anyway, so they bought Stitcher, this podcasting platform, and I think they're turning it into, like, some sort of subscriber thing or whatever with their model. And so it's going away. So if you get your podcasts on Stitcher, you're going to have to find another way to do so. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com, and I've got links there so you can just click on one of the links. You just click subscribe. It gives you all of the different options. Don't pick the Stitcher one. I still haven't gotten over there to fix it. Anyway. You've heard of the the doom loop, right? The urban doom loop. It's a uh, it's an amusement park ride. No, it's uh, it, no in places like San Francisco and New York. It is this cycle that uh, a lot of people are getting really, really worried about. That once you get into it, you can't get out of it, and it just spells despair or doom. Today, the Washington Post has a story, or actually yesterday, it had a story uh, that argued that it's actually mid-sized cities which are in the most danger of falling into a doom loop. And yes, Charlotte is mentioned. Who's world class now? That's right. In Indianapolis, uh, Atlanta, Baltimore, right? They're also mentioned a couple other cities, Hartford, Connecticut, um, which now you see they're not world class, obviously, because they have to identify where Hartford is located. So they said Hartford, Connecticut, but Charlotte's just Charlotte. So that whole Charlotte USA branding effort obviously worked back you know, 20 years ago to let everybody know where Charlotte is located in the USA. Anyway. Yeah, economists are worried about mid-sized cities that have fewer ways to offset the blow when a major company slashes office space. The sale price of a building uh, or of buildings crater uh, or downtowns turn into ghost towns. There are three steps, basically, to the doom loop, as explained by John Sexton, who has been following this issue very, very closely over at HotAir.com. Here's, here's the loop. Thanks to the pandemic... People get used to working from home, and most people prefer it. This becomes, look, 
Me, personally? Did you know yesterday I worked from home? It's true. I wasn't even here in the studio. Look, there are pros and cons to working in studio versus working in my home studio. Pros and cons to it. Pro um, here is that if the uh, the landscape company comes around and they got the weed whackers and stuff going around, like, I don't hear them here. But at the house, yeah. <laughs> you get the neighbors and, yeah, you can hear it outside the windows. And so that's a problem. You know, it's a problem. Also, we have a backup generator here. That's a positive, right? Power goes out due to the hurricane onions coming. Then, uh, yeah, we will be able to stay on the air. That's a good thing. On the other hand, I have to drive here. So I lose, you know, about an hour worth of uh, prep time. And I usually come here early. I, I sit in studio for an hour before the program. So there's another hour that I lose. Now, I do some prep work, yes. But on the pro side also, I do have the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the inter-office camaraderie, as it were, right, where you get to walk down the hall, you see people, you, 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 you chit-chat with them, and there is a benefit to doing that. It's also really beneficial when you like everybody you work with. <laughs> so I understand that that's not a luxury that others uh, have. But during the pandemic, a lot of people started working from home and they're like, you know what? This is way better. I don't have to commute one to two to three hours a day. I don't have to hang out with all of the uh, the obnoxious, smelly people in the office that eat all my food from the fridge. That's fantastic. So that you don't want to go back to work. And here's the thing. You don't have to go back to work. And if you are one of those employees that is self-directed and you don't need the micromanagement and you can perform your your job duties at home unsupervised, why do you need to go into the office? And then you get into the whole corporate culture thing. And that's, I think, you know, a lot of that is just, you know, micromanagement. I really do. There's a lot of people, look, there are a lot of people in, you know, corporate management structures. They are heat shields. They are there to keep the mushrooms growing. Do you know what that means? Are you a mushroom in the corporate structure? You're kept in the dark about big uh, issues and decisions, right? You're kept in the dark about stuff and you're fed a certain diet, let's say, right? And so a lot of people in middle management, they don't know either, but they're just there to promote whatever that company line is. I'm not saying all, hashtag not all middle management. I'm just saying that that's, it, ser- it serves a role. These people in those positions serve a role. And I have worked for some in the past. I do not now, but I've worked for some in the past. They had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and, uh, and that's the way the people at the top that are making all of those decisions that affect all of us mushrooms, that, that's the way they wanted it to be. So this uh, now, this work from home culture has become a perk at a lot of companies. And by the way, companies do benefit because after salaries, commercial real estate is their biggest expense. So if you don't need as much office space, obviously you could save a lot of money by leasing less space. Now, some companies haven't been able to figure this out because if you've got people coming in, you're requiring them to come in two, three, four days a week or whatever. You still have to have the space, right? You could try to do some flex space and have people share workspace, that kind of thing. But this is a challenge. Anyway, so that's the first thing, working from home. People don't need to go into these, look at Uptown Charlotte, right? The the whole point of that, that central business district, was to pack in a lot of the employment base there 
and you know naturally we had the the bank towers that were already there and so and duke energy headquarters and so it made sense to have everything directed towards the uptown business district but then the pandemic hits everybody goes home you realize we don't need to go into the office So now the lack of workers in a downtown district has a direct impact on the other businesses that were based around the downtown foot traffic, restaurants, boutiques, drugstores. I mean, they're competing with the open air drug markets, too. So, I mean, that's not very fair. So they got less demand. Some of them close and others struggle to stay open. And then with fewer people downtown, the secondary businesses closing up, the city itself takes in. Less revenue, but still has the same amount of physical space it needs to maintain and keep clean, depending on what city you're in, and safe. Yes, okay, all right, right, okay, we get it. So you've got a lot of these things that the city has promised to do, and they're totally going to do it, but now they're not making as much money because they don't have as much property taxes coming in on the businesses. Related city services like subway systems also see a big decline in ridership during the week, which makes it more difficult to keep the trains running. It's called a doom loop because all of these three steps feed back on one another. Less revenue for the city could mean things are dirtier or less safe over time or the trains don't run as often. That becomes another reason people avoid the area, which leads to more businesses closing, right? It just, it just is a cycle, a loop of doom. No city, we should point out, has completely fallen into this yet, although San Francisco seems to be trying to get there. Mid-sized cities are struggling more than the big cities, though, in general. And then it lists Charlotte. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Alrighty, so the doom loop that people are warning about in uh, San Francisco and in other large cities, New York, Economists are actually more worried that this might be coming to mid-sized cities. In fact, the Washington Post story yesterday mentions a couple of those cities, and yes, the Queen City is on the list. Quote, the average delinquency rate across the 50 largest metro areas in the country is about 5%. But in places like Charlotte, in North Carolina, oh darn it, so they mentioned our state too. I guess we're not world-class. Oh, well. Um, so the the average delinquency rate for these commercial real estate uh, properties, 5%. In Charlotte, it's almost 30%. That according to data from the real estate analytics company called TREP. The market's going to respond to this 
lack of demand, obviously, rents will go down and property valuations drop until they reach a point where they become attractive again. And people who lived in Charlotte back in the 80s will remember this. However, resetting the cost structure at a much lower rate does not help cities, which still have to provide nearly the same services at the same prices. And, you know, keep in mind, you got Democrats in control and they're not too keen on cutting spending. Right. This is why you focus on core services, because police and firefighters, they're not taking a 20 percent pay cut. Of course, if you don't have a lot of cops anymore on staff, that might help. But um, when revenue stops coming in, you can't just cut everybody's pay, although they will try. I mean, they will say these things. They will say, you know, we, we got to raise the taxes or else your house burns down. What will eventually happen in a lot of places, though, is what we've seen in places like San Francisco. Owners simply walk away from properties and turn them over to the banks. That then leaves the banks holding a lot of downtown real estate. And that real estate now isn't worth nearly what it was when they loaned the previous owners the money to buy it. National banks, they're probably going to be okay. Regional banks could be in big trouble. I'm sure... I am sure that the big banks would never swoop in and gobble up all of the regional banks and then become, you know, more monopolistic. I'm sure that would never happen in a time of crisis. Email here from Scott to Pete at the PeteCallenderShow.com regarding the doom loop and the commercial real estate uh, collapse. Scott says, I bet Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock are licking their chops here. Yeah, I mean, the big companies, the big corporations, they're going to be best suited to take advantage of this because they've got all of the capital, you know, and they're probably going to be deemed too big to fail. And the regionals will get gobbled up. If COVID didn't teach us anything, I'm not sure what other lesson to take from it, right? A lot of mom and pop operations went under. But the big ones, when they were, you know, they got special carve outs from the regulations because they were essential, right? By the way, um, Charlotte has also made another list. I guess this makes us world-class in another way. Um, We're one of the dirtiest cities now. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Good job. Baltimore is actually the dirtiest city in the United States, in a complete surprise to nobody. A new study from HouseFresh laid it all out the other day. Uh, They looked at complaints over the course of the previous 365 days. Um, The cleanest city, Milwaukee, which makes sense, I think, after they cleaned up after all of the protests, then I think maybe they didn't have so many complaints. The analysis looked at the $12.3 million, sorry, the $12.3 million sanitation-related 311 complaints. And they looked at these over... A bunch of different U.S. cities, and then it calculated the number of complaints per 100,000 population, both on a city level and on a zip code level. And then they ranked all of the cities based on zip codes and complaint density. Baltimore uh, was number one, following up closely with Sacramento and then Charlotte. We had 31,000 plus complaints about sanitary conditions, followed by L.A., Memphis, and Boston. In another survey, this one from Travel and Leisure, 
Actually, no, I take it back. They just reported on it. This is from U.S. News and World Report. They put out uh, their rankings of the most beautiful and affordable places to live in the United States, and Charlotte is not on the list. Cities in the Carolinas that are on the list. Hickory, number one, actually, on the list. Located in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, Hickory is a family-friendly destination known for its ample hiking trails and southern charm. Currently ranked as the cheapest place to live in the U.S., Hickory has a median home price of $161,000. This affordable neighbor to the east of Asheville... Oh, well, okay. It's pretty well to the east of Asheville. Affordable neighbor to the east of Asheville and north of Charlotte is popular with retirees, but it's also becoming more attractive to young families. A steady stream of residents has been flocking here for its newfound fame as a technological hub for Google and Apple, which means it will be completely leftist controlled in about uh, now. Number two was Grand Rapids, Michigan. Number three was Greenville, South Carolina. Give it up, Green Vegas. Situated at the base of the Blue Ridge Mountains in South Kakalaka, it is renowned for its lively downtown with exciting restaurants, unique boutiques, and picturesque views of Falls Park on the Reedy. With its newly revived downtown area, Greenville has seen a growth in its allure to prospective residents. The cost of living there is affordable. The median home price there, that's like double the price of a house in Hickory, 320000 still below Charlotte. Charlotte's is like 400K, I think, at this point. Uh, Let's see. Then following uh, Greenville in the beautiful and affordable places list, number four is Louisville, followed by Knoxville, Tennessee, then St. Louis, Missouri, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and then number eight, two cities actually in North Carolina. I guess they're tied. Raleigh-Durham. I'm not sure people outside of the state realize this but raleigh and durham are different cities did you guys know that raleigh and durham are different cities altogether i mean they're both controlled by leftists but they're different cities different jurisdictions anyway raleigh the capital city of really they spelled capital capital with an a capital city of north carolina wow yeah that's that's pretty bad i mean guys your travel and leisure.com and you don't know how to spell capital it's an OL there, Capital. Anyway, nearby Durham make up two thirds of the research triangle, known locally as the Triangle, with roots in its three top tier universities. Thanks to a growing job market and high paying jobs in medicine, research, and tech, the area appeals to young individuals desiring an economical place to raise a family for now. This bustling technological and university metroplex boasts stunning green landscape. Really? Stunning green landscapes. Have you been to Raleigh? Stunning green landscapes. Okay. Inventive local eateries and a thriving college sports rivalry. (laughs) That's what... Man, I really want to live in a town that has a thriving college sports rivalry. That's what I want. The median housing price, $436,700. That is on pace, though, with the national median. But you do get some lower property taxes, they say. And then number nine is South Bend, Indiana. And number 10 is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that was from 
U.S. News and World Report. However, there's another survey. This one's published at realestate.usnews.com. Charlotte is one of the best places to live in America. A charming yet sprawling southern city, Charlotte is a pleasant urban area nestled in the Piedmont region of North Carolina within a few hours' drive of both the Appalachian Mountains and North Carolina's white sand beaches. So I love the fact that they describe us by what we're near. <laughs> All right. You should live in Charlotte. It's kind of close to these other better places that you could totally go on a day trip. <laughs> but look, that's always been right. That's always been the thing. I remember when I first got here, people said that, oh, we're just a couple hours from the mountains and a couple hours from the beach. And I always thought, well, why not just go to one of those places and be in one of those places if that's what you like? I don't know. We do have a strong economic identity. We are the second largest banking hub in America behind New York City, and that has helped drive consistent population growth for decades. Charlotte's business has always been business. I'm starting to think, though, that there are a lot of political leaders that have forgotten this. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Okay, so this is from Jan. Anyone who says Charlotte is a great place to live has never... I don't know what the rest of that subject line. Oh, has never driven there. (laughs) Okay. Even with Boomer helping with the traffic reports, the thought of driving through Charlotte gives me the creeps. I use the rodeo song to get in the correct mood to deal with the other drivers. Um, Yeah, and it has gotten worse. It definitely has gotten worse. The Charlotte traffic has gotten worse. Although I got to say, like when I went to Asheville and people would complain about traffic there, I'd say at least it moves. It does. It moves it may be slow, but here it, you know, you you might find yourself just sitting. Um, now, that's not to say anything about New York, and we had a little taste of that as well. When Christy and I drove up there uh, earlier uh, this summer, we drove to New York. So we got to uh, reacquaint ourselves with all of the, uh, the, the complete infrastructure dumbassery along the eastern seaboard, along I-95 and through uh, the city of New York. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, everywhere. But I got, you know, this is the thing. Traffic is us, you know, it's me, it's you, it's everybody on the road. So I would just simply recommend that everybody else just stay off the road in order to reduce the traffic congestion. I appreciate that. I mean, not me, but everybody else could do that. Um, This is from uh, Thomas. Yeah. Thomas, who says, Pete, listening to your first two news stories, isn't government failure to help and or protect the governed, the real story. Other than collecting taxes, writing onerous regulations, and overspending, what does government really do well for us? Hmm. Uh, I'll think about that. 
I'll come back to it. They cannot even fix our roads and bridges, let alone educate the next generation of Americans. Since this is an obvious but unspoken problem, do you think Americans will ever wake up and demand better, less government? No. Um, Also, should we recognize that we need to learn to protect ourselves and others? Uh, I have. Uh, I encourage everybody to do so. You are the first responder. He says, I've always said you should be your own first responder. Or maybe that was you, Pete. You are a giver. Just ask it. Right. You are your first responder. Be prepared in all ways. In all ways. You got a hurricane that's heading this way. I mean, to America, right? You got a hurricane that's heading to Florida. Be prepared. Do you have some food? Do you have some water? A couple days supply. Start small. Um, back to this piece. This is realestatenews.com. I believe realestate.usnews.com. Um, the city, Charlotte, they're talking about Charlotte as one of the best places to live. The city has a strong economic identity. Takes pride in its cityscape, defined by a handful of skyscrapers. But the city's essence is perhaps better captured in its diverse neighborhoods and suburban areas, each of which has its own style and flair. Although its economy and rapid development make Charlotte a thoroughly 21st century metro area, Southern Charm is still very much alive, and making friends with neighbors isn't the Sisyphean task it can be in other large cities. Okay... It's geographic location, generally temperate weather. Okay. Relative affordability and local culture are all draws to the Queen City. Pro sports representation in the NBA and NFL give residents something to root for. (laughs) What? What is this? (laughs) One thing Charlotteans may take for granted is the city's cleanliness. I just read the survey. Oh, my goodness. There's a certain pride residents take in their city. Okay. What else have they got here? Um, What is there to do? Lake Norman, Lake Wiley, South Park Mall, Carowinds, Noda, Plaza Midwood, Breweries, Lightwater Center, Hornets, Panthers, Knights, Charlotte FC, NASCAR, Wells Fargo Championship, Mint Museum, Levine Museum, Beckler. Housing costs are above the national average by about $50,000, so we got that going for us too, I guess. Um, it said you can feel all four seasons in Charlotte. That is said by liars. I don't know why they would promote such, such a lie. We don't feel all four uh, seasons in Charlotte. Fall lasts about a week. And maybe, okay, fine, you get to feel it for a week, and that's it. Then you're into winter. The winters are famously mild, except when you have the ice storms, of course. Summers are predictably hot and tend to be humid. Hurricanes are rare. Well, yes, but the weather, okay. I don't know why this is not, I don't. Guys, I don't think this survey, I don't think this survey is legit. But I love it here. But I don't think this survey is legit.